Hello and welcome to Fidelity Next, a Fidelity Investments Canada podcast, a podcast for post-secondary students, where we'll provide you with the tools you need to navigate your impending careers successfully in today's landscape. So, as Canadians make the transition to both online and in-person business activities, how can students like you make meaningful professional connections? Joining host Quinn Flaherty today is Fidelity's Komal Sharma and Laura Mustard for an informative conversation on how you can build your professional network from anywhere. Fidelity Next is both a podcast and live webcast series, with more live webcasts being planned. Please head to fidelity.ca slash next for more information on future webcasts. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada ULC or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or an endorsement, recommendation or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments. First question to you, Komal, to kind of shape today's conversation about networking. Because I think a lot of students or young professionals really don't, they don't understand the importance of networking or they underestimate the importance of really building a personal brand. And maybe I can ask you to take the opportunity to talk a bit about why spending time on networking is so important. Just to you know, start off, I think networking really comes down to building mutual relationships. So I would recommend, I would not recommend, you know, going into a networking event with a what's in it for me mentality. It's really about creating real connections with professionals and it takes practice. So if you think about it, it's really about exchanging ideas and sharing knowledge. And it really is a great opportunity for students because they could get that advice from experienced professionals and ultimately pave a career path in a way that is progressive. And when it comes to personal branding, this is something that you never really stop building. It's so important, especially at a company like Fidelity Canada, since we are a private company and we have around 1,200 employees, we hire around 150 students a year. So if you think about it, we're actually pretty small. And through the student program, we do connect you with a lot of people. So you have the opportunity to really build a strong personal brand while you're here. And interesting you say the word personal brand because kind of in my introduction, I talk about networking, but also personal branding and both kind of work together. And maybe Laura, I can ask you, how do we define, like what is personal branding? And I think you, you typically use an example with students about comparing personal branding to a movie trailer. And maybe you could talk about, about the similarities there. Mm-hmm, sure. So yeah, to take a step back, your personal brand is the same as the branding companies that we interact with all the time. So a lot of companies or every company has a brand and how they show up in their visuals, in the words that they use and communicating with their clients and customers gives you a feel of what they're about, how they operate, who they are as a company. And it's the same thing for your personal brand. So everything that you do, how you show up to your to school, to your jobs, how prepared you are, things, how you show up in networking events, all is part of this personal brand that you're putting together as you're trying to get into the workplace. 
full time as a student. And that personal brand is yours to control and a really important part of uh, of networking. So the movie trailer piece is kind of an extension of that. We at Fidelity have worked with Craig Wartman, um, who's a professor in the States, and he's taught us a lot over the years, both to our sales team and to Fidelity staff in general. And one of the things that he's talked about with us is called the art of networking. And what his idea is, is that networking is a lot of work and it can be very daunting. But how do you sort of master that? And so, for example, if you're going to a networking event, either in person or virtual, and there's lots of different people there that you're going to be interacting with, you know, how do you, not everyone is going to be a match for each each person, like Como mentioned off the top, it should be a mutually beneficial experience. So you have a certain amount of skill or, or certain skills and experience that you're bringing to that. The other people in the room have their certain skills or opportunities or um, you know, backgrounds that they're bringing. And some people are going to be a match and you want them in your network because they're going to get you closer to that opportunity that you are looking for. And some just won't, won't be that. So how do you really quickly identify who those people are uh, and who those people aren't while you're going through this, you know, this room of people and trying to find those, those winners. So having a sales trailer or a kind of an extension of your personal brand is a really quick, like, 30 second one line sentence that you can say that is short and sweet, gives you shares interesting facts and important information about yourself, and also kind of keeps the person that you're chatting with guessing about what it is exactly that you do. It kind of piques your interest, just like a trailer does for a movie. You you see the trailer and it piques your interest and you want to maybe see that the full show afterwards. So in this case, you know, if if I was showing up to a networking event. Um, in my role, I work with our, our junior sales team at Fidelity. My sales trailer or my networking trailer might be something like, you know, I work as a team, part of a team to develop the best sales team in the industry. If I say that, it's just saying, you know, everything that I've done or just my title, that's a little bit more interesting and it will differentiate yourself um, and invite a conversation further develop, you know, is this someone that I want to be connecting with um, uh, to identify those connections that are actually meaningful? And if it's not, then you can get in and you can get out and you can continue on networking with that room to make sure that you're making meaningful connections. That's some great advice, Laura. And I think spending that time before the actual networking event, whether it's online or in person, to build that kind of 30-second movie trailer can really help you understand you know, what kind of value you bring and how to communicate that really effectively. That's a great piece of advice. And I'm wondering if I could pick up on something you said there, because as you said, you work with kind of our part of our sales team and young professionals. And I'm wondering if we could talk in the context of online networking. So building and making connections through LinkedIn or social media or email, whichever, working with the young professionals that you do, what are some of the best practices that you've seen in terms of like memorable networking connections that you've made both with your colleagues, but also students who are interested in joining the team? Yeah, I think it's most effective when you use people as your resource and your, you know, your prep or your insight into the organization that you're applying to. So using tools like LinkedIn, like you mentioned, to find different either people that are doing the job that you think you want to do or have interesting titles or are working at the company that you want to work at, find some people sort of in that 
in that newer level role, uh, like a, a more entry level role at those companies and reach out to them and ask them about their experience and if they have some time to to connect and chat about you know working at the firm that they're working at at fidelity i i think i can say confidently that almost everyone would say yes to that and be open to chatting with anyone that was interested in hearing about fidelity so and once you've done that and you get that meeting or that conversation with someone the biggest piece of advice that i can give to you is to be prepared to run that conversation. So a lot of times I do have students reach out to me after events like this or different um, different events. And then we have that conversation and they don't have, you know, anything prepared to talk about and expect sort of me to run that. And that's, right. in my mind, a great experience. So you can come prepared to those conversations with questions that you've got about the industry, about the firm, about the person that you're meeting with and their personal experience. That shows that you've thought about it, you're interested in, in what you're going to be chatting about. And then also come prepared to speak about your experience and what you could bring to that company as well too. Knowing that it's, you know, you, you don't know everything yet, but you do know what you do know and be able to speak to that and share that with the the person that you're you're meeting with. And then once you've moved on to, you know, you've chatted with some people at sort of that entry level, those entry level positions, they can connect you with hiring managers or other people in the firm that you should be connecting with. And if you've done those interactions really well, it's more likely that you'll get connected to those, those hiring managers or more senior people that could hire you. And you have more context about the firm and the industry and the job that you can bring to those conversations with the, the hiring managers. So that would be my approach for sort of navigating firms virtually. That's a great approach. And I think, Colma, it would be great to have your perspective on this because as in your role as our campus relations manager, you're kind of sometimes the main connection between our campuses across the country and Fidelity. And so I'm sure you get lots of LinkedIn messages and requests. I'm wondering if you provide some of your best practices or memorable messages you might have received on LinkedIn from, from your own experience. Yeah, definitely. Well, before sending out a message, you definitely want to make sure your profile is up to date. You know, and, and it's important that your LinkedIn profile appeals to the professionals that you're connecting with. I cannot stress the importance of, you know, a professional LinkedIn profile picture. There are many students who, who don't have a photo and, and this is really when professional branding comes into play. And another thing is I know students don't always have a ton of experience, which can be hard when it comes to creating a LinkedIn profile. But um, just to ease their mind, uh, you know, employers understand that and expect that. So especially when you're looking for that co-op or, or internship experience. But what we are looking for is that you're actively working on yourself through your education and volunteer work, you know, honors, awards. Maybe you've been working on some big team projects. So for students, especially, you know, updating your profile and, and sharing posts about what you're learning about should be ongoing. You know, that's really how you build your network on LinkedIn. And find out about upcoming networking events. I would really recommend, you know, attending as many information sessions and employer presentations as you can. So you really have something to share when you do go to network. You know, you can then contribute to the conversation and say things like, I attended this really great session and learned about so-and-so, or I would suggest, and you know, I would also suggest posting this on, on LinkedIn. So posting experiences on LinkedIn that you attended a session, what you learned, tagging that company, tagging from the people, tagging the people that you heard from, you know, it really just comes down to sharing and your LinkedIn really is an extended part of your personal brand. So really about keeping that up to date and, and really being active um, definitely helps you stand out. 
It's a great piece of advice. And I wish I was watching a Fidelity Next webcast like this when I was a student. I was one of those people that didn't have a, a profile picture on LinkedIn for the longest time. So great mm -hmm. piece of advice, Como, Como there. And it's actually a great question, kind of talks a little bit about LinkedIn and online messaging and building relationships. I think it'd be great to have both of your insights on um, in an apprenticeship or, or a mentorship. How can you build a kind of strong relationship with somebody at an employer without being too pushy? I guess some, of course, students don't want to really send a long message or inconvenience somebody. But oftentimes, you're not inconveniencing somebody if you send a really meaningful message. So, Laura, maybe you want to take that one. How can our students say not be too pushy, but make a meaningful impression? Yeah, I think it, it comes with how you position your ask, too. And if you're following up on an event that you've been to with someone or you're reaching out to them, have a reason for why you're reaching out. Um, you know, it could be that you listen to this webcast and you you want to, you know, find out more about this industry that you you've just heard about now, or if there's, if you go, if you've gone to, if you've just sort of thought this is an interesting company that I want to work for potentially, tell them about why the company is interesting that to you and what in your past experience might sort of set you up for success in adding value to that um, company or industry. So. Thinking about like the why or what's in it for that other person when you're when you're reaching out, they're probably wanting to to brag about their company a little bit too in some ways and and share the opportunities when they can. So if you can you know be a great candidate that you're you're um, you're bringing to that person, I think that they they'd be more than willing to to meet with you. But it's just a matter of sharing that value up front and 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 the why of why you reach out to them in particular. Versus making it sound like you've just reached out to hundreds of people for the sake of reaching out to hundreds of people. So keep it as personalized as possible. Great piece of advice there, Laura. Como, anything to add about not being, how to make a yeah. great connection without being too pushy? Yeah, well, I, I would definitely say, you know, not to put all your eggs in one basket, but Laura also mentioned, you know, you don't, you definitely don't want to be shooting LinkedIn messages every which way and doing that whole copy and paste method because that also doesn't really, um, you know, I don't think that's a productive strategy, but really about, you know, if you're attending enough sessions, if you really are active and, you know, trying to get as much information as you need to kind of navigate your career, the expectation is that you've met with or heard from quite a few people across, you know, these sessions that you're attending. So really not to just focus on one person, but really, you know, have some maybe like five or or 10 people that, okay, I've heard from them. I'm going to write a message again, like personalizing it to maybe each event. I think that helps kind of uh, relieve that pressure, you know, because sometimes it's really, you know, having all those expectations, sending a message and kind of checking it every day is, I, I wouldn't suggest going that way, but I would really suggest, you know, reaching out to some core people and, um, and having something meaningful to say. Awesome. Thanks for that, Como and Laura. And maybe just to cap off our kind of conversation about online networking best practices, Como, our student program here at Fidelity, uh, we also provide networking opportunities within our kind of co-op program. And maybe you could take a moment just to speak to what those um, opportunities look like. Sure. Yeah, we provide a lot of valuable training to students that is primarily focused on their soft skills. So, of course, we hire students into a specific role and they're working with their direct team day to day. But then they're also part of this larger uh, student program where we've implemented all this really amazing training that, you know, focuses on networking, presentation skills, emotional intelligence, business etiquette, which especially right now at this stage is so helpful, especially since 
you know, this is the first time for many students, it's the first time that they're, you know, in an office environment and maybe they don't know a lot of these soft skills are just so valuable because it's the first time they're able to apply them. And at Fidelity, we really do want students to see themselves working here, not only while they're in school, but after they graduate as well. So we want them to continue their career with us for multiple work terms. I always say we treat students like they're never going to leave us. <laughs> but what we really want is for you to have as many ex work experiences as possible at Fidelity so you can really get a good idea of what career path uh, is right for you. Yeah, it's great to have these network opportunities. And I know uh, I've met lots of our, our summer students and fall students and spring students. It's always great to network and engage with our um, our cohort. Fantastic there. Why don't we talk about in-person in person networking events? And maybe Laura, I can ask you first, an in-person networking event from a student's view, and perhaps many have not necessarily attended many networking events, what advice would you give them to make a meaningful impression at one of these events? Yeah, well, my first piece of advice is to know that you're kind of joining or you're, if you, this is your first experience in in-person networking, know that everyone who's coming to those in-person networking events is a little bit rusty. They haven't been doing it for the last two years, so they're feeling a little bit uncomfortable at the same time as you going to them. It's not just, you know, because you, you haven't experienced it before. It's really going to be everyone there that's feeling the exact same way as you. So hopefully that can take some of the pressure off. Even like I think about today, I had this uh, meeting where a couple managers and directors at our firm were talking about return to office and the social anxiety that they're feeling about going back to working with their peers every day or, or you know, in person in some form um, because they're so out of practice with it. So everyone's in the same boat. So I think you're actually joining um, or starting to network at a really great time from that perspective. And then I was going to talk about it a little later too in person. Now I have a couple of tips, like logistical things to think about that we haven't had to think of while we've been virtual. But the first one is to be on and also even maybe be early to the event. You can get get there early, sort of find out where you're going to be, get the lay of the land, and then maybe take a step away and go grab a coffee or a glass of water or sit on a bench and listen to a podcast as you wait. And then you come to the event feeling calm and confident and not rushed or scattered trying to get there and being late and showing up like that. So that's that's one thing to think about. Two is dress. And we haven't thought about how we are dressing a lot lately because we've been virtual. And so even if we are thinking about it, we're really only thinking about it from the waist up. So when we are going to these um in person events now, you know, you might make the assumption that things are more casual. Maybe that's continued in the dress, but that's not a safe, safe assumption to make necessarily. So check for some guidance on the invite. And if not, I think it's a great practice to reach out to the organizer and ask for clarification on that so that you're dressed appropriately. Because again, that contributes to your personal brand and how you show up um, at that event. And then lastly, Como mentioned some of the training that we do on kind of business etiquette to our students and our employees. One of those pieces is around etiquette at networking events. And the tip that they always give is, you know, there's usually food and drinks available while you're networking. And our advice is to choose one or the other, never both. And it might sound silly, but if if you're nervous and you take a, you know, a drink and you have a glass of some food as well, and now all of a sudden you're juggling two things, and trying to talk about, you know, your value that you're going to bring to an organization. That's a lot of stuff going on that you need to manage. 
So having one or the other and then being able to focus on, you know, the work that you're there to do, which is making connections, takes some of the stress out of an otherwise already stressful moment. And Laura, what you just said there about, you know, you're there for a reason, there's work to do, is a great kind of segue to a question I was going to ask you, Como, which is you want to take advantage of these networking events. Yes, it's one thing to be present at the event. That's great. But you also want to take advantage of it and build those connections. So maybe Comey, you could talk a little bit about the advice you typically give to students about how they can really take advantage of those networking events and thinking strategically about their time. Yeah, so I, I would definitely say that you need to be prepared for the session. You know, what's your story? What value do you provide? Don't overdo it or speak for too long, but keep it simple and sh also show that you're interested in the other person's work as well. And if it makes you more comfortable, you know, I would suggest going to the event with a friend. Anything that kind of makes it easier for you is fine. And also remember that you don't have to talk to everyone in the room. So I think, you know, it could be really overwhelming as soon as you get in and you see all these people and you're just like, okay, I need to network as much as possible. But one strong connection is better than five okay connections that may not have a follow through. So really just don't be afraid of, of even small talk, you know, asking questions like, what's been interesting at work these days? And the key is to also listen to the responses that you're getting. So when you, the, and the reason why is that when you really listen to the person, that LinkedIn message that you send afterwards can be more personalized and you'll definitely be more memorable. I just want to also add that, you know, it definitely is intimidating to go to these networking events. But an important thing to remember is that everyone is there for the same reason, which is to network, whether you're a student or an employer. You know, if you connect on books or podcasts or similar career interests, those moments of connecting with others is just definitely a step in the right direction. It's great advice. And I think, Laura, you mentioned that kind of same advice earlier, that this could be a first kind of networking experience for the person beside you to your left and right. And I know the three of us, we've all been there. We've all had our heart rate kind of rise as we're in conversations. We want to make this connection with the person across from us. But it's always good to know that you have a great story to tell, blow it down, and uh, hopefully you'll build that connection at that event. So if someone is interested in perhaps some sort of HR role and a finance role or a sales role and a product role, how can they go about building connections without kind of weakening the conversation with two different parts of an organization? How can somebody kind of play that to um, give themselves a chance in both areas? My advice is just to be honest about that because, you know, I've also had the flip side where I chat with a student who, you know, definitely wants to be in sales on, a, on my team, but then is having another conversation with someone that they definitely want to be, you know, in another team. And that doesn't, doesn't, leave the best impression. So I think it's totally reasonable to talk to a hiring manager and say, here's, you know, what I'm looking for out of my first opportunity at a firm. I'm interested in this area. I'm also interested in this area. Here's why, because of the skills that I have and what I think I could be really good at and how I want to, you know, develop in my career. And then also maybe ask for their advice do because they, you know, they might know more about that role that you're applying for and say that, you know, you might be a better fit over here or or vice versa. So I think just being open and honest about that is the best way to handle that. But Como would have better better insight, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to speak on the student perspective, because I think students really feel this pressure to have everything figured out. And OK, I'm studying finance, for example, so I definitely have to choose a career in finance. And at Fidelity, we really do encourage students to learn about areas that maybe they wouldn't come across in the role they're hired for. So in the student program, we do divisional overviews. So even if you're, let's say, in HR, we still do overviews for you to see what sales does, what 
you know, what's happening in the, in tech, what's happening in marketing. So you really kind of have an idea of, okay, this department does this, this one does this. And then you also see who is working in those areas as well. So if you are interested, you could take that extra step and connect with them. Like, especially as students, I would say that we, at Fidelity especially, we do encourage you to kind of move around. And that's why, you know, doing multiple terms. And the goal is really for you to, at the end, have more of an idea of what you want to do than you than you did at the beginning. So, you know, the whole experience is definitely to find out what you like, but um, more importantly, what you def what you know you don't like. So I would really, you know, treat it like Laura said, like be honest about it. Um, it is a journey, even like years later, it's not only at the beginning of your career, you could, you know, change your mind or find be interested in something else. So I, I think that a fidelity is something we recognize and, and something that we welcome. Awesome. Thank you both for your responses there. And we're almost up to time. So this will be our last question. And Como, I'll put this question to you. It's a question from one of our audience members today asking if Fidelity's hiring new grads at this moment. And maybe you could take the opportunity to talk a bit about um, what we're hiring for now, um, what we're hiring for in the future, because I know um, the fall recruiting period is, is taking place right now. Yeah, so we are currently in the process of hiring for the fall co-op term, and we have just completed our first round of postings, and we'll be posting for second round in the upcoming weeks on school job boards. So if you are interested, you know, feel free to apply. And as for new grads, I think this is a great chance for us to talk about the business development representative opportunity, Laura, because that is the biggest opportunity we have for new grads. And uh, Laura is actually the hiring manager for that. So Laura, I, I could uh, maybe turn it over to you for that opportunity. Yeah, very quickly before we run out of time, we do have an opportunity for new grads that we're always hiring for, which is business development representative role. And it is the entry level position to the start of a career in sales. So it's working with our advisors, helping them handle it's client facing, you're, you know, answering phones, learning a lot about our clients, our industry, our products, um, going through lots of the training that Como mentioned as well, and even more detailed training about the knowledge you need to do your job. Um, and it really sets you up for a great, uh, sets you up with a foundation um, that leads into a career in sales. And we've got lots of different sales um, opportunities after that, that the job leads to. So it's a great, great career path to consider out of university and we're always hiring for business development representatives. And this makes for, I'm smiling because this is a great opportunity to kind of practice what we've just talked about with networking. If you're interested and you're a new grad and looking for a role here at Fidelity, go on LinkedIn and make that connection with Laura uh, and you can practice the messages that we talked about here. Um, Como, Laura, we've run up the time. Thank you so much for joining me on Fidelity Next to talk a bit about networking. I think I've learned a lot. My, my young self has learned a lot too. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much, Quinn. Thanks, Quinn. Thanks for joining us today and hope to see you again on Fidelity Next. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Next podcast, brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada. You can visit fidelity.ca for details on future live webcasts, follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave a review or a five-star rating. Thanks. See you next time.